Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Grief and Rebirth Podcast, whose mission is to educate, enlighten, and provide healing choices through interviews with grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and people who have inspiring stories to share. I'm Irene Weinberg, the creator and host of Grief and Rebirth Podcast, with a loving reminder that you can see the full show notes and all Grief and Rebirth Podcast episodes on irenweinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm honored today to be interviewing Craig Hogan, who is both the president of the Afterlife Research and Education Institute and the director of the Center for Spiritual Understanding through Afterlife Communication. Craig, who has a PhD in supervision and developing educational programs, is also the author or co-author of four books that focus on after-death communication, healing grief, and trauma, and more. Craig, welcome to Grief and Rebirth Podcast. I've introduced many gifted mediums and healers to our growing Grief and Rebirth Podcast audience. Therefore, I feel it is also important for our listeners to get to know you and the amazing work the Afterlife Research and Education Institute, also known as AREI, is doing to support the dedicated researchers and educators who are teaching how to communicate directly with loved ones living in the next realm of life. Let's begin our sure-to-be-fascinating interview with this question. Mm-hmm. Craig, please briefly take us on your own personal path that led to your desire to help humanity transform by focusing on afterlife communication. Yeah, thank you, Irene. This is delightful. I'm, I'm anxious to speak to with you because there's so much that we know today, and I can bring these messages to people. I've spent all of my time working on this for the past two decades. So what happened was, originally, two decades ago, I learned that I have psychic abilities. And I learned that because I had been speaking with psychics, and they had told me that I have the abilities. And then I decided to sit down in front of a monitor, on a computer monitor, and log on to a website that you could do remote viewing. And on the website then, you would get a code in just letters, it was a series of letters that are meaningless. And then you would focus, you'd close your eyes and focus on the code, and then you would sketch whatever came to your mind. And I did that and sketched it, and sure enough, I was able to identify what it was that was there and sketch what it was. So I realized that I had psychic abilities. And then I started meeting psychics and people who are interested in psychic abilities. And it seemed to to come to me. It was flowing towards me. And as I did that, then I gained more and more understanding 
And then eventually, as I studied psychics, I began to study mediums and study the afterlife and what it's like. And so as I did that, it just opened up the whole world for me. I realized that there's much more to this life than simply what we can see around us. And so as I did that, then I began to study it and I began to get, meet more people and we began to have these dialogues with each other and conferences and, and it's all blossomed since then into the Afterlife Research and Education Institute. But it's been a, a long journey and I know I've been called to it and that's what I'm doing full time with my life right now. I think that's wonderful. In a way, we're on a similar mission because I too, ha I had a spiritual awakening that woke me to this world. And now I have a mission through this podcast to help people and bring them this knowledge and these insights. So we're sort of on a tool path and I'm so happy to be introducing people to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So tell me in what ways afterlife communication transforms people as they gain the awareness that their deceased loved ones are alive and well. What happens is that we, re, we awaken to the world that is really true. We awaken to the world that we are really part of. And it's not that, that we are discovering something that is different or new to us. We're really coming into where we always have been, where the home is that we've always felt we are in. We intuitively know it. We intuitively know that there's much more to life than just the physical realm. We know that our loved ones, when they go on and they graduate from earth school, that they go on to another place and they're still available to us. And we have the feeling like they're looking down on us and they're helping us. And all of those feelings that we intuitively get are really true. And what happens then is when somebody learns how to communicate with their loved ones on the next plane of life, then it brings all of that into focus and say, yes, now I understand. I know that it's true. I can communicate with my loved one. I get these messages. I, I get the intuitions that are helping me in my life. And that changes them eternally. It changes them as human beings because then they realize who we are in eternity. And when you realize that, you, you see it's so hopeful. It's such a wonderful message that we are in earth school together right now. We're going through lessons. We're learning from each other. We're learning with each other. And eventually then we will graduate. And after we graduate, then we will have this marvelous, wonderful reunion when the other people who graduate after us come and we meet them on the next plane of life. And so that's such a marvelous message. People realize that when they learn how to communicate with other people on the other side. And there are now many ways of doing it. There are 16 different methods that we have listed in one of my books. And one of them is 98% successful. So we know we can help people to communicate with people on the other side. All we have to do is find the right way for everybody to be able to do it. Which is your book that lists the 60 some odd uh, ways to communicate? It's called Afterlife Communication. And what we did was we developed it at one of the conferences that I sponsored. Uh, and we had all of the speakers put together descriptions of their methods of afterlife communication. And then we developed that into a book. And, and the, uh, the book is available on Amazon. So it's just a the title is Afterlife Communication. And people can read about these different methods. Every one of them is one of the methods that somebody could use. So everybody can find their method that works best for them. All you have to do is go in there and, and try them, get in touch with the people who do it. Uh, we have methods that are part of AREI that we, we sponsor. We have methods that we publicize, such as methods being used by psychotherapists with people. 
And all of these methods are available. People just have to know about them, but I'd recommend that anybody get the book, take a look at the methods, and then we will help you to find people who will be able to help you to learn how to use any one or all of the methods. That's great. So now they just brought up about three more questions for me. I would think that if people really know that they can communicate with their loved ones on the other side, mm -hmm. and if they know that they're going to the other side, yes. so one of the blessings of what you're doing is that it takes away the fear of death for people. Yes. yes. They don't want to leave the story of their lives, but then again, it's not going to be over. Yeah. yeah. And they get to help the people they love once they, once they tra transition. Yes, it's a, it's a wonderful message. It's something that people learn, and, and you learn it so well. Once you get into studying it and understanding the truth about it, you, you become so understanding of the fact that we are in earth school now and we're going to graduate and continue our lives afterwards. You, you become so comfortable with that, you have no fear of death, no concern about death, no concern about the people who have gone on before you. And there's no reason to because they're living their lives happily. They're enjoying life. They miss us. They miss being on the same plane with us, but they can come to us. And so they can spend time with us anytime they want. And they do. They come to the time when there are celebrations going on. They get come when we call them and we say, I would like help right now. I, I need your help. And then and how do they do that? How do they, how do they help us? What, how does that take place, Craig? Like, you know, you're asking your loved one, hey, I'm having a job problem or this is going on or this person's sick. How do they do that? Because they don't have bodies now. They just have their consciousness. Yeah. There are lots of ways in which they do it. And I would recommend that anybody read Your Soul's Plan by Rob Schwartz. Uh, Rob does a marvelous job of talking about the planning session before we come into Earth School. But he also talks about what happens during Earth School and how the people who are on the other side or in, in, in the, the life after this life come to us and they help us in this life. And there are many ways in which they do that. One of the ways in which they do it, the most prominent way is by, by focusing on us and, and giving us intuitions. We're all one mind. We are a part of the universal intelligence. And because of that, then they can communicate with us mind to mind telepathically. They're doing it all the time. We're always getting messages. We're getting messages from guides, from the loved ones who are on the other side, from helpers and from people who really love us and want to help us in this life. And so what they do is they give us messages. It's like memories that we're getting that aren't our memories. And they come up in our mind. And all we have to do is learn how to listen. We just have to learn how to understand them. So that's one of the ways. Another one of the ways is they will influence other people to inter intercede in our lives. So they'll influence somebody else to come to meet us at a certain place. And then we'll meet them and we'll have a synchronicity, which means that we will have this marvelous encounter that just came at the right time. And so they'll do that. They have some influence over material things so that they can make things happen in the material realm. That's not the most often used way, but they can do that. So they can make something happen that, that will be a, a, a beneficial influence for us. So they are still working with us. They will work with us in our lives. But the most important part that they do is they will give us intuitions. They'll give us messages. And if we can learn how to listen to the messages and, and understand them and value them, then they can be life-changing for us. All we have to do is allow them to, to come through with the messages. Uh, you're absolutely right, and I agree with you. And I, I have to put in a plug also for uh, Rob Schwartz because he, he endorsed my book, mm -hmm. uh, They Serve Bagels in Heaven, and uh, 
it's also on Amazon, and he's amazing. His books are absolutely wonderful. Uh, the people who, so anyone can call or contact your organization and or work with people to learn how to get messages and all that kind of thing. You have like, this is sort of like a hotline of people who can pick up the phone and communicate if they, if they get calls from people who want to know more. Yeah, anybody who would like to contact us, then I usually am the person who does the contact and receiving the contacts. So they can contact by phone or they can contact by email. And we certainly would help them out as, as much as we could uh, in the circumstances. We, uh, AREI was set up to help researchers, developers, educators, and the general public, anybody who wants to contact us. We will try to get you in, in touch with people. We have on our websites, uh, lists of, uh, for instance, mediums who are certified. Uh, and the website is at afterlifeinstitute.org. And they can get on and, and they can get to the lists of the mediums that we know are effective mediums. There are some excellent mediums. You shouldn't pick out a medium out of the phone book. And uh, because of the fact that there are many medium people out there who think they're mediums, but they're not. But we have certified mediums and, and I would recommend that anybody get in touch with them. You can do a phone reading. A phone reading is just as effective as being there in person because there is no space. That's so, great. Yeah, so they can have a phone reading with a medium. Uh, another one of the, the ways that they can, they can learn about the Afterlife Connections is through uh, the uh, training program that I have developed. It is uh, on AREI's website at spiritualunderstanding.org. And that uh, training program will take them through eight stages of training. So they begin by just learning how to listen and how to hear the voices from those who are trying to communicate with us. And it goes all the way through being able to sit in a doctor's office or sit in a waiting room or sit on a bus. And you can go into the state of mind in which you can have the connection. So anybody can learn how to do it. And we do that. We offer that free. It's free online to anybody who wants to get to it. That's Except fantastic. You're gonna, I think you're going to have a lot of people reaching out to you, especially Good. right now. They're home. And they're, and they're thinking, oh, what, uh, I need something to really motivate myself. What a great thing. Mm -hmm. So are you going to, with, with uh, teaching people how to directly communicate, do you think you'll eventually render the work of mediums obsolete? No. Mediums are always going to be uh, valuable because of the fact that they give evidential mediumship. Evidential mediumship means that it's the evidence that, that people need. So then the medium then will get a message from someone who is living on the next plane of life and will give it to us and, and we'll say, yes, how could the medium have known that? The medium couldn't have known that. And so, and that's evidential, that helps them. Anytime anybody goes to a medium, the, the first thing you should look for is evidence. So if the, both the medium and the person who is trying to communicate through the medium from the next plane of life, both of them want to give evidence to show that they are in fact the person who is coming through. So if you sit down with a medium, you should always expect that the first thing that you get from your loved one on the other side is evidence. And it's going to be very, very uh, substantial evidence. It's going to be things that you can validate. It, it will be something about, it'll be uh, uh, dates of, or something that happened at, at a birthday party that was unique. Or there was one, uh, John Edward had a, a reading in which 
he had someone come through and uh, and he said, hey, I have a, a, a grandmother coming through. And she says that she had two poodles. One was a black poodle, one was a white poodle. And the two poodles went through a wedding reception and just trashed everything in the wedding reception when people were not in the room. And that's the kind of evidence that you expect to have. So you get evidence first to show that the person really is coming through. And then once the person comes through, then you'll get the, the messages. But the, we will never replace the mediums. They, they do a wonderful service. They're very good at what they do. And so we can teach people how to have their own afterlife communications. But it's always good to have that validation from a medium because that lets you know that really is that person coming through. So now when they have their own afterlife communication, how do they know for sure that that is their loved one? Okay, the medium is providing evidence, but how does uh, someone know that that's indeed their loved one coming through to them? Well, it happens pretty quickly. Uh, after you start to have the dialogues, and you sit down and you close your eyes, you go into this state of mind, you have the dialogue, and it happens pretty quickly that you start to get messages that you know didn't originate with you. They didn't come from you. Uh, and so then once you get these, then you start to get in the zone. You start to get the messages spontaneously. And when they come to you, then you know that you're having a dialogue with the person, with that person on the other side. And it is, so there, are ev there is evidence. Uh, we had you know, within that self-guided afterlife communication that we train, uh, we've had experiences where people have learned things that they didn't know. One woman went into a, her own state of mind and she sat down in her living room and, and she, after going through the training program, and she had a connection, and she had a connection with her father. And then as she was having the connection, a little girl came in, and she saw the little girl, and, and she thought she recognized the little girl, and, and uh, she realized that the little girl was a, a, a child of a woman that, whom she knew. And the little girl had an apron on it. It was like she was cooking something. And she was making something with like roll-ups, which is dough, and you, you roll them up by putting things into them. And she was putting jalapeno peppers in the roll-up. And she thought this was the strangest thing she'd ever seen. She can't imagine where that came from. And so when she finished, then she called her friend and she said, I had this image of your daughter and she was in this apron. And she described the apron and she said, yes, that was the apron she used to wear. Oh, wow. And then she, she said to her, and you know, she was doing the craziest thing though. I just can't imagine what was going on. She was making, she was making roll-ups and putting jalapeno peppers in the roll-ups. And the woman said, oh, yes, we used to love putting jalapeno peppers in our roll-ups. So that was a validation. And we had lots of those kinds of validations of things that the person could not have known, but they learned them as they were in this state of mind in which they were communicating. And that then lets us know that there's evidence that all of the messages that we're getting through are, are, are true. And many of the messages that we're getting during our daily lives, when we're just standing at the sink doing dishes or doing something mindless like, driving down the road. And we get this intuitive thought that just comes to us. We don't know where it comes from. It just comes to us about a person living on the other side, or it can come to us about something in our lives. And, and when we, if we start to learn, learn to listen to those, we'll find out that they come true, that they are validated, and, and that we are really communicating with them. They will come through to us at the times when we're most relaxed. So the times we're most relaxed are going to be when we're driving our car, when we're mowing the lawn, when we're doing the dishes, those are the in your shower. In the shower, yeah, because those are the times when we're relaxed and our conscious mind is, is taking a nap, and we are open, and then they can communicate with us. 
So they'll take advantage of those moments and they'll come through to us and communicate with us. And then that will be the time when we'll get the messages that are going to be so meaningful to us. And if you learn how to do it, if you go through the training program and learn how to have these afterlife connections, then you'll have them more often all day long because they will come through more often. Now, are you in touch with the fact that people also can tune in and get messages like from spirit guides and, and other people besides deceased loved ones? Like in my case, when I got the message that my husband had to go, many lessons would be learned by from his death. I'm not quite sure who gave me that message. Yeah, and there, there, there really isn't a distinction. So they, it is true. The, the guides and helpers and the loved ones on the other side, they're all working together. So when you get a, a message from a loved one on the other side, that, you're not just getting a message from the loved one. You're getting it from all of these people who are anxious to help, and they're all pitching in. They're all being part of the process. And so when you get a message, it doesn't matter who it came from. It's the message that's important because of the fact that it's coming from all of them. Uh, and you will get, sometimes you'll get the, uh, a sound which actually sounds like their voice coming into your mind. And when you get that sound, then it is them and, and they are being projected. So in other words, the voice is being projected to you. And the projection is coming from, the, with the help of these other people, as well as your loved one who's sending them from the other side. But it can come from anybody. So we don't need to make the distinction of whether it's a guide. It's just interesting it's because one. people ask that question. And you're absolutely right. I'm talking to you when I'm having deja vu or because when they pulled me out of the car, my husband was gone, as i had been told he would be next to me. Mm -hmm. A voice, a male voice came into my head and said to me, be loving and kind to everyone as they put me on the side of the road, mm -hmm. getting me ready to go into a, a helicopter. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I always wondered about that. So that might have been a community experience with a voice That's that was yeah. that was pumped into my head from a yes. communal thought. Yes, right. Uh, we, we don't, uh, we're never alone. We never die alone. Uh, we are, are never in a circumstance in which we're having a traumatic event when we're alone. We're always being helped. We're always being given guidance. And so in this case, then they did feel that you needed that message. And so they gave it to you. And that message then came from your helpers or, or guides or or other people who are, it could have been other loved ones who are on the other side. Don't worry about where it comes from. It, it always comes from these sources and they're always doing, giving messages to us continually all day long. And they're always benevolent. They always have wonderful messages for us. Which takes away the fear because a lot of people are always afraid. And I have never heard anyone get a message that wasn't loving yeah. and filled with good information. This is so great, Craig. Give me a moment, please, because we need to take a quick break to allow a minute for our sponsors who keep this podcast free for our listeners. We'll be right back. We're back. Thanks for tuning in to my fascinating interview with Craig Hogan. Craig, let's continue on with this question. Mm -hmm. What is the repair and reattachment grief therapy method and how does it reduce a person's grief? There is a therapy method that was originally described by Al Botkin in Libertyville, Illinois, and I co-authored a book with him about the method. And it's a method that psychotherapists use in which they do what's called bilateral stimulation. It's a psychotherapy method. It's one of the methods that's used in EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. 
But what it does is it, it is a therapy method in which the person, the client, is put into a state of mind in which their, their mind is kind of moved around into positions that it's not used to being moved into. And because it's in those positions, it's, a, it's open much more to things that are happening to it, the messages that are coming to it, than it was when it was in one stable position the way that we are in our normal lives. So when it goes, the mind goes into this state of mind that the psychotherapist helps the person get into, the person closes their eyes, and when they close their eyes, then all they have to do is focus on their loved one who, for whom they're grieving, and immediately they will have these, these kinds of connections. And the connections are going to be very, very vivid. Uh, they're going to be encounters in which they have dialogues with their loved one on the other side. They will have physical sensations like of hugging, of kissing. Wow. Walking really? sure with them. Yeah. And I, when I said immediately, I, I, I shouldn't. It may take a, a session, maybe to, uh, the larger part of a session before they'll have them. But when they, but they don't have bodies, so how are they getting the physical sensations of hugging? It's because of the fact that, that there is only mind and experiences. So in other words, everything in the universe, everything that we have experiences for, is only our mind, the universal intelligence mind, and our individual minds that are part of the universal intelligence, and the experiences that we have. So we can have the experience of touching a table, for instance. But that isn't because there's a table outside of us. That's because of the fact that in our minds we're having the experience of touching the table. But the touch that we get is a touch that's happening in the mind. It isn't happening in our fingertips. And so in, when in the mind, we feel the touch. And that means that we can have the same sensation. We can have the same touch when we just close our eyes and have a, a, the feeling of a touch. And so people have had one of the really, really funny experiences that someone had in the induced after-death communication, which is what the person in Liberty Build does. The, what the, the person did was he, was he had closed his eyes. He had gone into the state of mind. He was having an encounter with his brother on the other side. And he opened his eyes quickly and, and he said to the psychotherapist, oh, I, I, I had a stunning experience. I felt like there was a big claw all around me. And so then the, the psychotherapist said, well, go back in. Let's go back in and see what it was. Ask, you ask your brother what that was. And so he went back in and he asked his brother what it was. And when he opened his eyes again, he said, that was my brother hugging. Oh, my goodness. So then that, there was the feel of a hug. But we have the experiences. That, in fact, we have a video of, of one of the clients of, of another psychotherapist that I work with and also co-authored the book work with, whose name is Rochelle Wright. And she's out in Washington. And she developed a method called guided afterlife communication. And it's even better. This is the one that's 98% successful. And what she did was that then she would take people into an, an even more, even deeper state of mind. And it could take many hours. It could take as many as eight hours. And the person has communication for several hours during that period of time. And uh, we have one wow. of the encounters that she had with a woman named Carol, who had an encounter with, with her, her daughter who had passed away in a car accident. And her Carol then describes what happened when she went into this experience with Rochelle Wright. And she was walking down the sidewalk with her daughter. She was feeling her hair. She was talking about the accident. They went to the accident scene. She then, then sat down with her and, and held her hand and was talking with her. And all of these things are happening because they happen in the mind, but understand that all sensations 
even touching a table in the physical realm, all sensations are only happening in the mind. They're not happening in their fingertips. All of these things have, the, all of the senses are happening in the mind so that we can close our eyes and we can have the same sensory experiences. That's why in a dream things so, seem so real. So in a dream you can have sensations. You can have the feeling like things are going on. And the reason is everything happens in the mind. So in this state of mind that the psychotherapist put people into, the person then has the experience of being with their loved one, and they go through these they walks on the beach. They go In one case, the woman was at a pool and jumped in the water with her son, and, and they frolicked, and, and you, you have the same experiences that you would have in your mind if they were happening in the physical realm with all of the realities. That's amazing. Now, is it when the psychotherapist works with a person, is it a form of hypnosis they put them in, or is it a different kind of technique? It is a different technique. Hypnosis, what hypnosis does is to make you more suggestible. So it actually, uh, the hypnosis slows down the mind. In EMDR, or eye movement uh, desensitization or reprocessing, it uses a method called bilateral stimulation. And what that does is to actually speed up the mind. So the mind is actually going faster, and you're not suggestible. The, the person, the psychotherapist, has nothing to do with it. He, the psychotherapist is entirely quiet while the person sits with eyes closed and has these experiences. So in, in the bilateral stimulation, the person is then a part of the experience, is taken into the experience by those on the other side. They're in charge. They actually take us through the, the entire experience. Uh, they are the ones who decide when it begins. They decide when it ends. They decide what's going to happen, where you're going to go. They also decide who's going to come in. So you can go into one of these sessions in bilateral stimulation, and you can say, I, want to, I would really like to, to speak with my mom. And so you go into this, and the person closes their eyes, and they go into the state of mind in which they're going to have the connection, and Uncle Joe comes through. Who'd have thought it? Haven't talked with him for years. And Uncle Joe comes through, but it's because he's got a message for his wife, who's still on, the, on this plane of life. And so he comes through, and it was so important for him to come through with his message for his wife, who is your aunt, then, then the, your mother stepped aside and let him come through. So we really don't have control. They have control on the other side. But what they bring through to us is marvelous. It's all wonderful. Nothing harsh. I would think that people would be very open to bilateral simulation because hypnosis, they feel they perhaps lose some control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with a loss of control. No, no. In fact, what it does is to give you more control. It gives you and, and the person on the other side control. And so the, you go through this entirely on your own. When you, they put you, the psychotherapist puts you into the state of mind in which this is going to happen. You close your eyes, and then you're entirely on your own. There's no suggestion. There's no leading. And you go into the experience yourself. You have whatever experience they have in mind for you. That's fabulous. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have many psychotherapists who do this? And can they be connected with all, you know, everywhere? Do they do this long distance, virtually, and all that kind of thing? Uh, they can't do it long, in long distance yet, but there is a method that's being developed, and, and it's going to be out very soon. It's, they already have been doing it, and it's uh, now being, I guess, tested to make sure that it's okay. But it's a, a method that, that has been developed in which the psychotherapist can do it online over Zoom, so that it's going to be possible for the psychotherapist to meet with somebody on Zoom, 
they're going to go into the state of mind. They're going to have their own experience in wherever they are, their living room or their, their dining room. And so that method is, is being used now, and it's going to be available to people in the very near future. Any psychotherapist who wants to know about this should just contact me because I would love well, to. I promise you there are going to be psychotherapists listening to this podcast and you will probably get contacted. I mean, this is, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm also fascinated. I know that you're not personally involved in this, but you're, you're, um, people are donating to this TV docuseries called The Afterlife Files, which is going to focus on helping people realize that we survive death with our personalities intact. And it's going to, which is really great. It's going to present the hard science to prove this. And I understand that families mourning lost loved ones will be personally involved in the production. Could you talk to us about that? That's fascinating. I mean, does this have a timeline when they're thinking of coming out with it or they're still collecting money to do it? Or what is that about? Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful effort and it, it is going to be exciting. And as you say, it's going to involve people who are actually having connections with their loved ones. So it's going to bring in people. They're going to be having connections with their loved ones. It's going to be exploring what that means and, and uh, elucidating some of the things about the afterlife and about what happens during the connection. Uh, and this is uh, by a man named Tom Mosher, who, who is in the process right now of finding, trying to find funding. We're endeavoring to find funding for him so that he can go through with this and, and find this. It will be a, a TV series, so he'll be doing it with more than one person having this connection and exploring what happens during that time and, and what the reactions of the person are and how they're having the connection. So it's an exciting development. We just have to get the funding for it now. Well, I would, I would imagine, I may be naive, but I would imagine that, that there are some successful mediums who would also be interested in becoming a part of this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what and and there have been already some TV series that have been very successful, uh, showing the afterlife and all that. I would think. I mean, I I think this would be tremendous, especially mm-hmm. because he's also presenting the hard science. Yeah. So all you skeptics out there, go take a listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any more of your fascinating stories that you'd like to share with us and highlight with us about? Um, different things have come through, eye-opening experiences that people have had? Yeah, there are many, many of them, uh, of the experiences that people have had that have just have shown them the fact that the afterlife is such a, an, an incredible experience for us. It's a new experience, but it's an old experience because of the fact that we're going back home. We're going into what we know to be true about ourselves, about the afterlife. And there are many ex- experiences in the literature. Uh, there are experiences in which people, you had asked about people coming from the other side and having an influence us on, a, on this side. And the, there is a story that has been validated about a, a woman who was in her apartment and she heard a knock on the door and, and she went to the door and there was a young man standing there, but he didn't look like uh, he was whole. He looked like he was transparent. And it was a young man and he was beckoning to her. And he was beckoning to her to come down, and he, she followed him down the hallway. It was in an apartment house, and uh, she took him. He took her to a room, and she went to the room and, and knocked on the door and didn't get a response. And, and she opened the door. The door was open, and there was a young woman who was lying on the floor. 
and she was asphyxiating because she had had a problem that that she was going to die from and so then she did get the EMS there and they they took care of her and she re revived and when the woman went back to visit the, the young girl then the next day she went into the room where the girl was and she noticed that there was a picture on the wall and she said who is that that picture on the wall and she said oh that's my husband he had passed away three months ago and that sure enough was the young man who had come to her door and so that's a, a validated experience that somebody has of them being able to interview and come in and actually materialize uh, there's another method of, of communicating called physical mediumship and physical mediumship is one of the most exciting methods because of the fact that you sit in a room and the people from the other side come into the room and they can materialize in that room and they can then communicate with you they can talk with you while you're sitting in the room and they can they materialize so they can touch you while you're in the room and these most of these are done in the dark but they're validated because of the fact that people who come through speak with their loved ones about things that other people couldn't have known and the medium the person who is who's the person who's the physical medium is strapped to a chair that's in inside of a cabinet so it couldn't possibly doing be doing anything but i've been in experiences in which i have excuse me but that is yeah. really cool yeah i would love to be a part of something like that that is really fascinating yeah there are only a handful of physical mediums in the world today we have a circle here in AREI. It meets here in my home, uh, about 10 feet from here. Uh, it's called the, the Circle of the Masters of Lights. It is a physical mediumship circle. And we sit in a circle in the dark and we sing songs to lift up our, our vibration, to, to unite us and harmonize us. And there's a team that works with us on the other side. And they then are, do things in the room. Right now they're focusing on the table. So the table that we're sitting around, then the table starts to, to rattle back and forth and then moves around the room. Uh, and so we experience that in this house about 10 foot from, feet from where I am. You're but rearranging I, your furniture, yeah. Craig. <laughs> rearranging the furniture, right. Uh, but I was in an experience in which I sat next to a woman in another seance. It was with a, another physical medium. And uh, in this physical medium, he would have people materialize in the room. And they would walk up to us and they would talk to us and, and touch us. And she, the woman sitting next to me, we had our hands held because of the fact that we need to make sure that we knew where everybody was in the room. It was in the dark. And she had her son walk up to her and I was sitting there with her. So I heard it. And he spoke to her and told her some intimate things about what had happened with them together in their life. She told, he told her not to worry about him, that he was fine. And then he, he put his, her, hand, her, her head in his hands and kissed her on the forehead. Oh, my God. And that happened right next to me in the seance. So, and I've been in other seances. So similar things have happened. People have had marvelous encounters with their loved ones on the other side through these seances. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, people so want to connect with a medium to get evidential evidence that the person's on the other side here they're actually feeling their loved one talking to them and embracing them oh my yep. goodness mm -hmm. that's yep. fantastic yeah it's wonderful and there are many experiences like that today today we know more about uh the other side about the the life after this life than we've ever known throughout the history of humankind and so we we know about it it's available to us we can teach people about it we can tell people about it Everybody needs to realize that there's nothing to fear when we make the transition from this life into the next.
that it's a, a natural transition. Our loved ones are already there. The others are going to be coming following us. We can communicate with people living on the, on the earth plane. They can communicate with us in, at any time they want. And so there's nothing to fear about the transition. It's, and we know where our loved ones are. There's no doubt about where they are. They're happy. They're healthy. They're enjoying their lives. And they're always available to come to us. So regardless of where they are and what they're doing on the other side, they get our thoughts. And so if we just ask them to come, they immediately come to us. If now, can they come depend, and it doesn't matter what plane of existence they doesn't matter transition to, doesn't they, they can still come through. Yeah. Because now, I know there are different planes, depending on your experiences and where your vibration, it's not a purgatory or a hell, but your vibration lands you in a different plane. So one person yeah. may be on a higher plane than another, but they can still come through. Yeah, and most people, uh, most of us then will go to what the spiritualists call summerland. Uh, but it's a, a, a plane, the next plane of life, and that's where most people the earth, from the earth plane go. And uh, that plane is a wonderful plane. It's exactly like the earth plane, except it has none of the drawbacks and it has many more features than the earth plane does. But if this solid body that we have, we have a body there. The body is the body that we had when we were in our prime, which means in our maybe 20s or 30s. And then we do the same kinds of things we, we wanted to do here. If you've always wanted to be a gardener, you can be a gardener there. If you always wanted to play the piano, you can play the piano there. So all of the things that, that we think of as being this wonderful heaven-like atmosphere are really true. That really is what happens when we transition to the next plane of life. And nobody needs to fear that. And, and even the, the, the transition, uh, the, the, what happens in the transition when we transition from this plane to the next, the suffering that happens in the actual transition at the, the, at the point of transition is not something we feel. So in other words, we're taken out before then. Uh, people describe from the other side, they describe uh, uh, one person uh, in Laurel Parnell's work, she described a person who came through from the other side and they had been killed in a plane crash. And so she described the fact that they experienced the plane going down the, the terrible feeling of, of, of being an impending crash. But then after that, it was gone. That was it. They didn't have any experience. Because the soul kind of leaves for the actual, right? They're right. They're, they're taken out. And so then they don't feel anything at that point. That, that's, I, I kind of suspect when my husband and I had the accident, his, his soul probably left before. Left. He was physically, the physical body that I saw yes. before that was gone. Yes. And the other thing that I often think about is not only does this take away our fear of death, but I think it changes how you look at life. People live differently. And yes. that happens in, in near-death experiences. Uh, and it also then happens in communication. But in near-death experiences, there are several things that happens to a person who has a near-death experience. One of them is they, they lose their fear of death. You would expect that to be true. But they also then, they, they live their lives differently. They see people differently. They understand life differently. They don't take it so seriously. And, and they're, they're not harsh. And, and they're much kinder, much more understanding of other people. And so then it does change their life. And the same thing happens in communication experiences. When you communicate with a loved one on the other side, you do change. You realize that, that this life is not all there is that there is much more to it. And you, and you hear the messages, and the messages are always full of love and hope and the fact that they are enjoying their lives on the other side. 
They miss being here on the same plane with us, but they are not grieving or sad because of the fact that they know where we're coming. They know that we're going to be there just in just no time at all. Right. And they can come back and communicate with us. Is there a lot of healing that goes on? If a person crosses over and they've been traumatized and grief stricken, something horrible has happened, or they say they went through a horrible childhood or they had abuse or God knows all the thing, all of it. Are there places that they can go to heal on the other side? Yes. Uh, there's, a, there's a great amount of help on the other side. People do stay the same person they were. So when, when you transition, an hour after you transition, you're the same person you were an hour before. So we are the same person. We have all the same personality. We have the same um, insights, likes, dislikes. Uh, the, all of those emotions are the same. But then over a period of time, then we grow out of those. So, and if there were traumas, the traumas having to do with the body are gone. So if there's anything that was aligned with the body, then it's gone. But the, the psychological part, growing out of that, people grow out of that over time because they're helped. There are people who are dedicated. They've dedicated their lives on the other side to helping people to make adjustments and to become all that they can become when they go to the other side. So perhaps when they come back, they're in a little, in better shape, or they're coming to learn different lessons than when they when they crossed over. Yeah, and what happens is that reincarnation. When we think of reincarnation, the the old way of looking at it was that somehow, and this is from the Eastern religions, that we would, as an individual, we would incarnate again in a different body as being a different person. We understand that differently now because the messages that we're getting very clearly many from many sources on the other side. What happens is we have an oversoul or a higher self. And the oversoul or the higher self has many individuals in it. So there are many people like Craig and, and like Irene and, and other people who are part of the oversoul or the higher soul. And so when someone goes to the transition out of the earth plane, they stay the individual they are, but the higher soul, the oversoul, has an, another part of it that will incarnate, and that part is the one that learns new lessons, and then you share the lessons when they come back, but we as individuals will stay as individuals. We never have to worry about a loved one not being there when, when we try to contact them or not being there for a reunion with them because they stay as individuals. It's just another part of the, of the higher self or the oversoul that has an incarnation. So this is a slice of Craig's oversoul talking to a slice of Irene's oversoul. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And then we, and then we cross over. We join in again with our oversoul. And then when we're ready to reincarnate and learn different lessons, another part of us. Yeah. And we can have a connection off. with that other part. And so in other words, we, then we can have a connection and, and learn new lessons through that other part. And that's where the, the experience of after or, uh, the, um, uh, when somebody goes into a regression and they go to a past life, what they're getting is they're getting that, uh, uh, what that part of a person was, that person that we are now. And so we're getting that past life. And there is a past life regression. So we can go back and we can find out about that other person. But they, the individual that we are stays an individual. And we've had people come through from the Roman Empire, from ancient Egypt. Confucius has come through. So we've had people from, from ages and ages ago who are still individuals, and they're able to come through to us and communicate today. They must find it fascinating with what they're seeing going on in the world yeah. today. Yeah. 
quite quite illuminating for them too. <laughs> yeah. um, you've got two discussion groups. Are they also online? They sound fascinating. One is an afterlife discussion group, and the other is a spirituality discussion group. Could you tell them about? Tell us about the trick. Sure. We actually have about a dozen Zoom groups, and the AREI is sponsoring these Zoom groups. And there are all kinds. There's one global Zoom group that meets every Sunday afternoon. And people can get on, and there are people on from all over the world. And we have speakers come in, and then we have discussions, and, and it's free. Uh, and then we have the Zoom groups for people who are interested in automatic writing, afterlife communication, uh, what it's like to have a, a soulmate, and what happens to the soulmate, and all kinds of other experiences. And so all of these Zoom groups are available. And anybody can get on the Zoom groups. If you want to get on the Zoom groups, go to victorzamet.com slash Zoom. Would you spell that again so they get sure. it very clearly? It's V-I-C-T-O-R, Victor, Zamet, Z-A-M-M-I-T-T, dot com slash Zoom, Z-O-O-M. And the Zoom groups are all listed there. And anybody can get on to any one of these Zoom groups. They're just wonderful. So we get on, uh, and the global group, which is as people from all around the world, gets on every Sunday afternoon at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time, uh, 4 o'clock Central time. And then we have speakers. And the one, speakers are just top-notch, and they're wonderful people who have great insights into the afterlife and afterlife communication. So I'd really recommend that. We have a couple of local groups here that are meeting in Central Illinois that are meetup groups. And we have one that's devoted to afterlife communication and understanding the afterlife, and another that's devoted to spirituality without religion. So we have those that are physical groups that are sitting here. And then we have our mediumship, our physical mediumship circle. It meets once a week here in central Illinois, and we have five people in the, in the circle. And uh, that circle, then we, we are encouraging other people to start their own circles. Because if you start your own circle, the, the teams that are working with us on the other side are going to honor that. And they're going to do what they can to help the circle to develop. And when you form the physical mediumship circles, then you'll have things happen in the room, wherever the circle is meeting. You'll have things moving around the room. Or for us, it's the, right now it's the table that moves around the room and, and rocks. And, and we get messages from those on the other side. And then if it's really advanced, It'll be the physical mediums who have the materializations where people actually materialize in the room and they come around and talk to people and they touch people. And so those are the really advanced physical mediums. We don't have any physical mediums in Illinois. There are physical mediums in New York and in Massachusetts and in England, Australia, uh, but there are only a handful of them. It's a very unique experience. That's a, that's wonderful. I mm. think it's wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about the four books that you taken part in besides what you've already told us about afterlife communication? Yeah, uh, the books are devoted to afterlife communication. The book that I'm working on right now is, is devoted to understanding the fact that we are mind and experiences. And because of the fact that we are mind and experiences, everything is open to us. So we can communicate easily with the people on the other side, anybody who we, whom we want to. We can also have experiences like out-of-body experiences, astral travel. We can have experiences in which we go into trance and we actually meet with people who are struggling because they don't understand where they are. They're on the earth plane. They don't understand where they are. 
and we can help them to go. Oh, to those the are side. ghost people who are kind of stuck in their experience They're and you stuck. Can help them to get to the other side. They're stuck, right? They're going that's to empty every haunted house in the world. Yeah, that's true. The, uh, <laughs> the people who, who uh, some people who then will transition out of the body don't realize that they have passed away. They think that they're dreaming and they're going to wake up. Um, some of them who realize that they passed away don't want to leave the earth plane because they're afraid of going to hell because they got all this nonsense about hell and, and, and purgatory in their minds. And so they're afraid. And so they stay on the earth plane because of that. So there, these people need to be helped to realize that there is no such thing as a hell. There is no such thing as a punishment on the next plane of life and that they can go on. It's okay. And so we actually go on into speaking with them, spending time with them and teaching them that they can go on and they don't have to worry about the rest of their life. They've got wonderful things. Hey, you're going to go to a lower plane, but you can work your way up. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. They can work their way up. Yeah. You can heal and work your way up. You know what? I sense another interview coming on when you're, when you're about to publish this new book. Yeah, good. I think people will be very interested in hearing about it. Good. You know, would you like to tell people from your heart what you feel is important about healing? while you're here in this experience in this lifetime yeah it's really important that people realize the fact that we are eternal beings we're having a physical experience this is just a temporary time just like going to school and while we're in school here we're going to be going through studies and sometimes we're going to get good grades and bad grades but the grades don't mean anything they're just ways of letting us know how we're doing in this period in, in earth school and we are we are always in communication with our loved ones. They're always available for us to communicate with them. And we then are going to have a glorious, wonderful reunion when we then transition and we go on to the next stage of life. The earth plane is a spiritual plane. We're on a spiritual plane. And the next plane of life is just another spiritual plane. And so the transition is just like going from adolescence into, into young adulthood. Uh, and uh, you don't have to worry about it. It is not something to be feared. Our loved ones are fine. They're waiting for us, and that it's a wonderful message, and people just have to realize that it's true. Is there an advantage? Say someone's been traumatized in this lifetime, and they go, and they do work with a therapist, and they do healing and all. Does that change the experience when they transition over? The more you understand about the, uh, the afterlife and your nature as an, an eternal being, the easier the transition is. Because what happens is they don't have to spend so much time teaching you on the other side. Because you're ready. You're, when you realize who you are, that you are an eternal being, you're ready to go on to the next stage of life and, and you hit the ground running. Uh, people who don't understand that, who think that there's nothing to life but, but this physical realm, people who are afraid of hell or afraid of, of, of the passing period of time we're angry yeah or are angry yeah and and they have a difficult time so if you want to and, and when i say difficult time i mean it takes a period of readjustment for them they have to be taught because they have to go through what we should have gone through on this side of life right that's yeah. the healing part that happens on the other side that's it right that's it so you can take a shortcut by doing your work now do the work do now work now or do it later but it's better yeah. to do it now yeah. And everyone, we have a podcast and there are many people you can, you can have help you to do that healing now. Um, what are the very best ways for our listeners to connect with you, Craig? Uh, the Afterlife Research and Education Institute and the Center for Spiritual 
understanding through afterlife communication. Yeah, both of those uh, avenues. Then uh, there are two websites. One is afterlifeinstitute.org. So that's the Afterlife, the Research and Education Institute. And the other is spiritualunderstanding.org. That's the Center for Spiritual Understanding. And so either one of those, you can get in touch with me and I'd invite you to do that. I would very much like to talk to you. That's great. Can they also, is there a way they can just put Craig Hogan, Google Craig Hogan, and will they come up? If you Google R. Craig Hogan, R. Craig Hogan, you'll come up with several pages of, of links. R. Craig Hogan. We have to know the, the key is the first. Right. R. Period R. Craig Hogan. Because otherwise there's an astronomer in, in Chicago and you'll get him. His name is Craig Hogan. But uh, R. Period Craig Hogan and you'll get the pages and you'll be That's able to get great. Like, That's me. great. Mm-hmm. And I know you've got a good tip for finding joy in life. What would you say that is? The, I'm sorry, the what? Your tip for finding joy in life. Oh, all you have to do to find joy in life is to realize that you are an eternal being, that uh, there are people on the other side who are, are dedicated to making your life just as pleasant and as happy as they can make it. And all you have to do is learn how to listen to them and understand the fact that they are there and have confidence that your life is going to be a wonderful life. You just have to allow it to be so. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Craig, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for this profound okay. and fascinating interview. It's your belief that humankind will live together in love, peace, and joy. Mm-hmm. The communication with loved ones in the afterlife becomes commonplace. Yes. May we all experience this. I could not agree more. Mm-hmm. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the full show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on irenweinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks again for joining, on us, joining us. And as I like to say, to be continued. Bye for now.